So this is a, a Measure A Community Oversight Committee meeting, uh, November 12, 2015, and um, uh, we'll call this to order. Um, attending our Tamara Hull, Raphael Dur, Michael Dybeck, and our newest uh, member, and welcome Joe Malin. Thank you. So, um, thank you. The um, first order of business, I believe, is to approve the minutes from the regular meeting held on February 12, 2015. Um, are there any additions or corrections to those minutes from members of the uh, hearing none, is there a motion to approve? I'll so, motion. I'll second. Um, all in favor? Aye. Aye. So unanimous and that uh, the minutes are approved. Um, before I proceed, Kevin, is there anything um, other than the order of the agenda that we should be adding or subtracting? No. Okay. So, so the, um, the uh, third item is the election of officers. Um, officers are, are the chair and vice chair, and they are elected for a one-year <coughs> term. Um, and I, I believe it would be healthy for this committee if, if um, those positions rotated. So I would uh, uh, welcome the opportunity to, uh, uh, you can all agree or not agree, but uh, we will need a nomination or nominations for the chair, so. I would nominate Michael Dybeck, if you would accept. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a big commitment. Uh, Michael? I am willing to do that. Okay, um, do we need a second on that? Or just any further nominations? Okay, uh, nominations are closed. All in favor of Michael Dybeck as chair going forward? Say aye. 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 Um, Congratulations, Michael. Thank you so much. Um, and w when is that effective? Immediately or next meeting or? It's effective immediately. Okay. And we're also looking for a vice chair. Vice chair, yeah. Yes. So should Michael do that since he is now the chair? She want to give it a shot? To appoint a vice chair? I yeah. think turnaround yeah. is fair play. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I think technically it's an election, but you may I will nominate it a try. The kind member to my right, Ms. Hall. So. Okay. So, um, any any further nominations for vice chair? All in favor, say aye. 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 Congratulations, Ken. So would. Michael and Tamara then at this point assume their positions. So yes, Michael, you are now in charge. Okay, thank you very much. Um, so next item on the agenda is uh, welcome new committee members. That is an informational item, I guess. Do we have, how do we want to approach that then? That's, uh, Great, Joe, I'll, I'll give a brief introduction to Joe Malin and then uh, Joe, if you don't mind, I'll hand it over to you and you can say anything you'd like about yourself. Okay. Um, Joe was one of the applicants for this position, actually to replace Pat O'Brien, who is now sitting to my right. And uh, Joe actually lives with his family in Court Madera, where um, you know he grew up uh, riding horses and that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. still with his family, he rides bikes and hikes all over Marin. 
Um, he served on the board of uh, Lifehouse, or Lighthouse, I'm Life, sorry. Lifehouse. Lifehouse, yes. which is a developmental disabilities um, organization for 21 years, a long time. And he currently serves on the board of Marin Space. And during his, uh, his interview uh, in front of the board, Joe talked at length about um, his passions in connecting people to our parks, the importance of parks, and what they do for people's lives. So we're very happy that um, he's on the Measure A Oversight Committee, and Joe, at this time, will hand it over to you. Okay. Well, uh, say the same thing that Kevin said. You know, I really uh, respect the outdoors and the, and the open space and really feel that's an important part of my life, not only physically but mentally. And I believe that a community that is involved and engaged with the uh, parks and open space is a healthy community. And um, I'd like to see whatever I can do to get more people in our county to be engaged in the open space and parks. Um, and I think that one of the things that about Measure A is it's a tax on everybody, and yet only a small percentage of the people really take advantage of it. And I think that there's a lot of social and economic groups that miss out on using our parks and open space and would like to do what I can do to get them integrated into it. And, um, you know, I would also be willing to be an ambassador um, on behalf of this commission to try to get other um, uh, public agencies, nonprofits, and communities aware of what we offer and try to make sure that they're represented and that, you know, that, that they use the, what we have available. I think it's in everyone's best interest. I really feel strongly that if um, the parks and open space were a part of the quote-unquote fabric of our community, that we have a better quality of life for everybody and that it really fosters uh, a great culture um, and with a lot of understanding, harmony, and balance. So that's what inspired me. Well, thank you, wow. and welcome. Thank you. I'm very excited to, to be part of this. <laughs> and, and also for me, um, you know, I tell my kids that if you want to have um, extraordinary life, you got to do extraordinary things, and that um, if you want to make a difference, you've got to be involved, and that you get out of life what you put into it, and if things are challenging, then they're going to be rewarding. So I really want to appreciate this opportunity to make a difference. I, I, I feel very fortunate and I'm very selfish that I get to have this opportunity because, you know, you all, we all want to do something. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, next item is public comment period. So open time. Are there anybody wishing to make? I'd just comment? like to say hello to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, I, I've been rotating a lot of cities. I was uh, speaking to Ron and uh, Kevin. I think I've only been technically working. I've gone to meetings uh, prior to my actual contract engagement, but um, I'm already setting a record. I'm the only director general manager who has served on two commissions, so <laughs> <laughs> all in one year. So, but it's it's a pleasure to uh, continue to work with everybody here, and, and of course with Joe, a new member. Uh, uh, we have a great staff, uh, very ambitious programs, and uh, as Bob knows, uh, Measure A was a historic event for, for the agency, and uh, your oversight of this committee is most appreciated. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks. <laughs>
So hearing uh, <laughs> nobody coming for the podium for public comment, we can move on to the next item, uh, director's report. And no report today. Yeah. No report yeah. today. Um, but your, your time as interim director is... It's over as it's of over. Uh, Tuesday. Okay. It was over as of Tuesday. And then your time on county staff is coming uh, to December 31st. <laughs> well, on behalf of the committee, <laughs> let me congratulate you for Thank all you. of your service on that. So, uh, Thank you, Michael. Fantastic stewardship. Thanks. He, did, he does a fantastic job. It's been a privilege uh, yeah. to work with him, and uh, we're trying to uh, download his DNA. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite a legacy, so thank you very much. Um, so nothing more on item number six for director's report? No, not today. Then moving on to item seven, presentation of audits. Right, thank you. Uh, so this year we actually had two compliance audits. One was our Measure A um, parks audit that we went through last year. Um, we re-engaged Badawian Associates and worked with them again, and uh, they'll be presenting in a little bit on their their outcomes, but we also engaged the internal audit division of the Department of Finance here at the county to uh, audit all of the Measure A subrecipients for the first year. So they covered fiscal year 13, 14 expenditures. And at this time, I'd like to invite up uh, Margie Roberts to give a brief overview of how that process went and uh, any outcomes from that audit. Thanks, Margie. Good afternoon, members of the committee. I'm Margie Roberts. I'm the audit manager of, uh, of the County of Marin, Department of Finance. And um, as you can see, you have a copy of the audit report from fiscal year 1314. Um, there were no exceptions found, and the procedures that we have performed are basically understanding the Measure A subrecipient policies and procedures. We also made sure that the fund balances are actually existing in all of the subrecipients' books. And thirdly, we wanted to, or we looked at the expenditures of each of the subrecipients to ensure they complied, complied with the work plan that they have submitted to the Measure A um, staff. If you have any further question at this point, let me know. No. Any questions? I know we discussed this in the um, subcommittee meeting. In um, on page three, when it talks about the subrecipients, number eighteen, the Tamalpais Community Services District, the amount they received is less than the amount they expended. Um. Let me just refresh my memory on this one. Remember Kevin? There are some instances, and I would actually have to go back to look at their work plans and expenditure reports, um, where uh, city, town, or special district built a project that was uh, Measure A fundable that was larger than the amount that they would receive in a regular disbursement because all of those are formula grants. So in that case, they are allowed to basically take out a loan or find some kind of um, alternative funding um, to bridge that gap and then pay it back with measure <coughs> funding. So in their work plan, they would call out, we plan on building this project according to these details. And you know they would, they would build it and send us all the receipts in advance, but also note in their work plan and in their expenditure reporting that 
they paid this much, but they're actually servicing a debt to repay that over time with Metro A funds. Okay. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what went on there. Is, is the amount received the amount granted or the amount actually dispersed to the recipient? It's the amount that they receive from us, so um, it's the total of two disbursements. Okay. Actually, in, yeah, I'm pretty sure because um, we didn't do this on a cash basis, it's two disbursements. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. Okay. okay. So in instances where during this uh, period ending 63014, where the expenditure is less than the amount received, they'll still presumably be working on that project and expending those funds in the successive fiscal year. Exactly. And these funds do roll over as well. So in cases where they, they aren't spending the total amount of money, like Marin County Parks. Um, so these aren't project completion reports. They're simply progress reports yeah. in a sense. Exactly, and the audit is looking at how much they received and their receipts and everything. Right. Um, and we do accounting for their <laughs> exactly right. on a compliance matter. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm new, so I may ask some questions sure. that may be obvious and stuff. But uh, I was curious about the rollover. How long once they roll? How long and how many times can they roll over? So if they receive, say, fifty thousand dollars and they only spend fifteen thousand. How long do they get to keep that balance um, before they have to spend it? It's up to 10 years following the expiration of the tax measure, which is in 2021. Okay. And that, that applies both to the accumulated Measure A funds and to the amounts that are granted and, and distributed to beneficiary to the grantees. Correct. And then proportionately, how do, how do they receive funds? So if somebody like the City of San Rafael, who's larger, versus the Tamapais Community Service District, how do you keep things within a ratio of their size and make sure that Tamapais Community District gets like 70% and San Rafael only gets 10%? What's that based on? It's a good question. And actually, there's a slide in the presentation I'll give right after this item that shows the breakdown. But to create these formula grants, we actually met with all 19 of the cities, towns, and special districts. And we worked together with the special districts and together with the cities and towns to come up with what everyone felt like was a fair allocation formula. And so the cities and towns decided um, they would take only the incorporated part of Marin County and they would use a per capita system to divvy up their funds on an annual basis. The special districts um, actually take responsibility for the entire population of the unincorporated county um, as if they were serving everything in the unincorporated areas. And they actually use um, a per capita plus um, set amount. Um, and so that's how we figure out their funding, if that okay. makes sense. Yes, it does. Great. That answers my question. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. At this time, I'd like to invite up um, Ahmed Badawi, who's president of Badawi and Associates, to give a PowerPoint presentation about their fiscal year 14-15 compliance audit. I'm going to pull that up right now. You can just use the forward back. Thanks. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, I'm Ahmed Badawi. I'm uh, with Badawi and Associates, and I was the audit partner for the compliance audit for the Measure A for fiscal year 15. So I'm going to present to you the results of our audit and the scope, what we covered, and any observations that we have. Um, so I'm going to start first by uh, letting you know who were the engagement team, the deliverables, and scope of the audit areas that we emphasized on, 
the kind of audit report that we issued, uh, some of the required communications that we have to communicate to, to you, and finally see if you have any questions for me. Of course, if you have questions as I go through the presentation, please feel free to interrupt me anytime. Uh, the engagement team, like I mentioned, I was the engagement partner. We always have a quality control partner that is in the background, so never really uh, get to interact with the county, and her role is to review my work and make sure that we adhere to professional standards. Uh, we had Mitesh Desai as the manager, and we also had Kevin Anderson as a senior, and we had Iris as the staff. Uh, we did not use our IT specialist, however, we, the, the firm have an IT specialist just in case we feel that the uh, uh, county system that the county is using is too complex for us to understand the, the different controls embedded into that system. So we as accountants, believe it or not, have limitations on what we can and cannot evaluate, so we use our IT specialist for that. Uh, we did not feel that there was a need for it during this engagement. Um, the deliverables and the scope of the audit, we were engaged to report uh, or give an independent auditor's report on Marine County Parks compliance with the Measure A. Uh, as part of that audit, because we follow government auditing standards, we were also required to evaluate internal controls over compliance and uh, report on our consideration of those internal controls. So just to clarify, reporting on our, cons on our consideration of internal controls does not mean that we're giving an opinion on the operating effectiveness of these controls. It just basically means that we consider them in planning our audit. Uh, of course, if anything comes to our attention that relates to internal controls, we will bring it up and communicate it to you, of course. Uh, the areas that we emphasized on, on the revenue side, we verified Measure A sales tax revenues collected by the county was properly allocated per the ordinance. And on the expenditure side, we tested uh, we tested expenditures, including payroll expenditures, to verify compliance with the Measure A ordinance, making sure that money is being spent in the right place. We also verified the allocation between parks and open space, farmland and preservations, and between the cities and towns. Uh, obviously, the ordinance has certain uh, allocation ratios, so we made sure that that was met. Uh, the auditor's report that we issued, we issued what we call an unmodified opinion. An unmodified opinion is the best opinion we can provide. That basically means that we felt there were no modifications to the standard opinion that, were, that was needed. Uh, the audit opinion mentioned that the audit was performed in accordance with generally accepted auditing standards and also in accordance with government auditing standards. Um, what it really means is that Marine County Parks complied in all material respects with the requirement of the Measure A. Uh, we are not giving an opinion on internal controls like I mentioned and we have not identified any control deficiencies that we consider to be material weaknesses. Those are, we are required to report to you if we uh, uncover any of those. Uh, just some of the numbers that I wanted to uh, provide to you. Uh, so basically this first slide is for the entire Measure A program and it shows you the revenues that were uh, collected or accrued during each fiscal year and also the expenditures incurred during fiscal year and the remaining unspent proceeds. Uh, keep in mind that the unspent proceeds is a cumulative number. So for 2015, the cumulative unspent proceeds from both years is $17 million. Uh, also in 2014, the revenues included 14 months uh, because that was the start of the program. It was, uh, I believe, sometime in May or so of 2000 and um, 2013, 
So we captured those two months in the, in the fiscal year 2014. So this is just give you a summary of what was raised, the resources that were raised, and how, and how much was spent so far, and how, how much remains to be spent. Uh, then we broke it down by different programs. So uh, this slide is mainly focused on the park and open space program. It also shows you the revenues uh, raised, the expenditures incurred, and the unspent proceeds. Uh, this slide is for the farmland preservation program. It shows the same in information, revenues, expenditures, and unspent proceeds. And uh, the cities and towns, uh, again, same scenario, the revenues and expenditures and unspent proceeds. Of course, the, the one comment that I would make here is that we would like, which I think we discussed it, and this is the anticipation that the expenditures will take up in the future. Obviously, the rate of spending compared to the revenues at this point is not what you would expect, but uh, we have discussed that with the county, and there is anticipation that more expenditures will be incurred in the future. Uh, some of the required communications that we have to communicate to you as your independent auditors. Uh, we want to communicate to you our responsibility under generally accepted auditing standards. Uh, we are responsible for expressing an opinion on whether Marin County parks have complied in all material respects with the requirements of Measure A. We're responsible for evaluating the internal control over compliance, evaluate the tone at the top, basically uh, evaluating whether management and the governing body uh, are concerned about compliance, uh, do care about the audit, take corrective action when there are audit findings, uh, and then finally, we are responsible for communicating with the governing body. Uh, management have a lot of responsibilities in this process. Uh, management is responsible for compliance with Measure A, so not because you have an audit that does not relieve you or management from the responsibility of complying with, with the measure. Uh, management is responsible for establishing and maintaining internal control over compliance, uh, making all financial records available to us during the audit, establish controls to prevent and detect fraud, inform us of all known and suspected fraud, comply with laws and regulations, and take corrective actions when there are audit findings. Uh, independence, uh, of course, we are called the independent auditors, so we have to remain independent in this process. It's, it is solely our responsibility to ensure we are independent. We follow the AICPA rules, the California Board of Accountancy rules. Uh, we uh, uh, circulate questionnaires to our staff to ask them to identify any direct or indirect relation with the county and we make sure anyone with relation to the county is removed from the audit team. Uh, timing of the audit, I believe we performed uh, the audit in the timeline communicated to the county in the engagement letter. There were adjustments and reclassifying entries during the course of the audit, and management has posted all those adjustments, and uh, there were no difficulties uh, encountered during the audit. We're pleased to report to you that there were no disagreement with management. There were no material weaknesses in internal controls. There was one control deficiency identified. We basically uh, noted that there was a miscoding of certain expenditures that were uh, basically coded to the Measure A fund. Well, they were not coded to the Measure A fund. They were supposed to be coded to the Measure A fund. Uh, even though we don't consider this to be a significant deficiency or a material weakness, management has wanted us to communicate that to the board uh, to address the issue, basically, that there is uh, something in the process that needs to be addressed to ensure that this does not happen in the future. Um, we have requested certain representations from management that are included in the management representation letter. So normally, any time before we issue our opinion, we have to get a letter from management that basically says to us that they 
believe they complied with the Measure A requirements, that they disclosed to us all known facts, that they've recorded all transactions properly, that they're not aware of any fraud. It's a long letter that management have to take responsibility for. Uh, we're not aware that uh, management have consulted with any other accounting firms as it relates to the audit that we were performing. Um, other than the engagement letter and the representation letter, we had no other significant communication with management. We have not become aware of any instance of fraud or illegal acts. And thank you very much for allowing us the opportunity. I'm more than happy to answer any questions you have. Yes, ma'am. So you said there was adjustments that were made, proposed and made. Were they related to that open space? Was that all of it, or was to the miscoding of the expenditure? Mm -hmm. uh, that was, that it. was it. Yeah. There was a single board letter that was. You explain that. Sure. Yeah. No. No problem. There was a single board letter that was miscoded, and somehow sort of made it through. And actually, it was budgeted as a measure of expenditure. It was a contract, and it was miscoded to open space. And it would have been a, a fine expenditure in either budget, but it was an error that we're going to seek to make sure we catch in the future. And by miscoding, <coughs> we have a we have a, a computer-based system called SAP, where for any project expenditure, for any project, you have to create what's called a requisition. So within that requisition, you have to enter the funding source, and that's what we mean by coding. So each Funding source has its own particular alphanumeric code, so that I just wanted to explain what we meant by miscoded. <coughs> and and you've addressed that process so that yes, fix that in the future. Um, I, I had a question, just kind of tying the county report to your report, um, and I think it's just definitions. So the unspent portion for the city, town, and special district programs. Um, if, if they're included on this one, they've been distributed, so they're spent in terms of, in terms of your audit report. That is correct. Mm -hmm. But they may not be spent in city of Larkspur at this time. That is correct. When they're spent. I just wanted to try to tie the two together. For us, if the money was dispersed to a city or town, it's that is considered to be spent. That, that was one of the things that we made sure to clarify when we first started this engagement was whether our ex the expectation was for us to ensure that the cities and towns have spent the money in the right place or not, and the county decided that this will be something will be done internally by the internal audit division. Okay. So. And that will be done by the county or by the individual towns and cities? The subrecipients? Mm -hmm. uh, that's all done by Margie's team, yeah. so that's okay. going to be the internal audit division. Okay. Um, and then this audit was reviewed by the subcommittee from this group. It was. Okay. Any other questions? Well, once again, as the kind of the new guy here, I'm not asking questions. But so with audits, there's usually three different levels. There's like review, compilation, and audit. This is a full-blown audit, I take it. Uh, the other two are not called audits, so okay. audit is audit. Okay. So there's only and, one audit. And what kind of tests does this audit have? I mean, are those tests and those results available for reviewed, or is there another person peer that reviews those tests that um, apply to this? So uh, our work papers are normally our property, uh -huh. so we may choose to uh, provide them to the county if the county requests, and we have the right to say no, we cannot share them with the county. The reason for that is because 
part of our risk assessment is we also have to evaluate the competency of management and the county staff. And of course, if not to say that we have that in our work papers, but if in situations where we feel that the competency is not there and we document that in our work paper, we'll be very, very hesitant to release our work papers to the client for them to see that. Um, but basically, uh, like I mentioned, we follow uh, auditing standards, which requires us to uh, evaluate the control environment, evaluate the different control procedures and processes that are in place. Based on that, determine what the, what the risks are and then design audit procedures, including tests and sample size that addresses those risks. So of course, the higher the risk, the bigger the sample size. And uh, based on the results of the sample, if we feel that there are uh, issues that are coming up during the sample, then we may decide to either increase the sample to see if this is really prevailing in the entire population, or if we determine that those are isolated circumstances, we may accept the sample results. Uh, or we may assume that, you know, if our sample size came 20% errors, then let's assume that 20% of the population have errors and we will ask management to prove to us otherwise. Uh, we have not really had any of those issues. And then finally, uh, like I mentioned, our quality control reviewer will be uh, our last review uh, of, of my work to basically make sure that we follow professional standards. So, uh, so that's how we normally conduct our audits. Less than 100? That's a, I, I had a feeling it was a small sample size. Yeah. Small <coughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously the sample size will, will definitely be uh, relating. To, but, but keep in mind also that there are certain things where we don't necessarily sample. So the, uh, if you have 100 transactions and you have 20 of them that are very significant, uh, we do what we call stratification. So we would actually take those 20 transactions and test them 100% and then sample the remaining 80 transactions. Uh, so it really depends also on the composition of the population and, and all of that. Um, <clears throat> so our ratio of spending year over year is getting a little better. But uh, we're still... Yeah, I could address that. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't yeah. expect Ahmed to address <laughs> that. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> before we had Measure A, we, we were not, neither the open space district nor parks were receiving a sufficient amount of money from our typical revenue sources to adequately maintain our parks. We had, um, we had positions that had not been filled for years ever since the economic downturn. So we had to gear up once we had measure, it was a good problem to have. Mm -hmm. But we had to gear up. The first thing we had to do is hire people to get the work done. So we added about, over a period of about a year and a half, we hired about 18, 19 people. And that occurred within the first year. But they all didn't start on J July 1st. It, it, we could only start hiring them once we had the money. And as a result, you know, those hirings extended pretty much through, the b bulk of them uh, extended through like, December of 2013, so we got them mostly done December 2013. So they weren't really fully on board until the middle of the, the, the fiscal year. Next thing is that in order to, to deliver these projects and improvements, you need plans. 
we had to develop those plans. Those plans had to undergo environmental review and permitting. So we are at that point now. For example, we have three parks master plans going to the Parks and Open Space Commission to recommend uh, adoption by the Board of Supervisors. Three of those plans are going to the Board on next Thursday, November 19th. Those, from those plans are going to emerge lots of projects. Same with the road and trail management plan. We have lots of projects going to be emerging from that as well. Once we get the vegetation and biodiversity management plan completed, we'll have lots of projects emerging from that. So we had to gear up. It was like a two-year process to, to hire the people, to get the plans done, and now we can start delivering. What we did deliver immediately is an increase in visitor services because one of the things that people told us prior to Measure A was we never see a ranger out there. So Measure A enabled us to, and was our top priority to get, we hired about four or five rangers with Measure A uh, to get them, train them and get them out into the preserves so we could address that immediately. Um, what else was I going to say? So anyway, that's, that's the explanation. We, 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 the renewal of Measure A in 2021 is on everyone's mind on staff. We know that we have to deliver these projects. Now that we have the staff and the plans, we fully intend to do that. One thing we're finding, though, is that we hired staff with Measure A funds to do Measure A work. But as I said, because we didn't have a sufficient amount of money even to run the parks and open space preserves, a lot of those Measure A staff members are working on, legitimately working on things that aren't necessarily Measure A funded projects. They're just providing basic services that really should if the general fund were sufficient enough, really should come from the general fund or the open space district's budget. So what you're going to see in the coming fiscal year, and we're going to be adding more staff to, so that we have sufficient staff to deal with the basic running of the, the department, running of the open space district and parks. We're also going to be hiring more staff so that we can deliver the Measure A projects. And, and I recognize it's a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have, to have. yeah. Capital, but it's yeah. no, a problem that we need to yeah. spend. So. Yeah. Any other questions? If, if I could say one more thing, Pat and I have been having a lot of discussions, and Pat was responsible for the passage of a couple major ballot measures in the East Bay Regional Parks when he was general manager. And that, Pat, I think he, you said the same thing. They had the same problem in terms of gearing up to spend the money from their measures. Yeah, we, uh, in 88, we passed a $225 million capital bond act, and then 20 years later, we passed a $500 million capital bond act, uh, which was the largest in the history of U.S. Um, for parks, I should say, uh, and open space. Um, but you've got to develop all these pipelines of projects and then attach all the significant associated costs with them. Uh, and it just takes a while to do the planning. If it's a capital development project, and do the plans, conform with all the uh, plans and the specs, go out to bid, make sure you have uh, associated, um, well, that would be an asset if it's developed, but then there's, um, you know, the, the uh, complement to the asset is how you're going to manage it. So 
those are costs too that need to be attached. And really before you develop the asset or even acquire the asset if possible, then you need to have the, the necessary maintenance, for lack of a better word, uh, and other safety costs associated with it. It takes a while. Once it starts to move though, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> then then you, you'll see, you know, like, like Ron said, there's a lot of projects in the pipeline. Once they start to move, you'll see a, a lot of action. And, um, but it takes a bit to, get, to gear up, just, just like anything else. Are you seeing any obstacles or resistance either from within the department or from other departments or no, in other areas that you didn't anticipate? No, because everybody knows this really, the, the renewal of measure in 2021 is our future. It is vital to the future. Um, so, um, no. Okay. Ron, Ron actually might disagree because I don't know the complete history back to when he does, but uh, in my experience, staff is working more closely together um, at the management level than ever before regarding our budgeting and true. future projections. And last year I mentioned that we're meeting quarterly to really look at basically the progress on all of our Measure A projects that we budgeted for. But this year we also sat down as managers and we, you know, Ron actually led this process. We came up with a spreadsheet and we all talked very honestly about, you know, the dollar amounts for projects the next seven or eight years and our staff capacity and how much we expected to be able to spend and the types of projects that would come up. And we have a spreadsheet now that basically shows, you know, We'll need this much per year for uh, natural resources. We'll need this much per year to support our park master plans and um, park renovations, et cetera. So uh, there's a lot of collaboration happening. And we're also working closely with partners like MALT to make sure that they're planning accordingly. And the other thing, too, is I issued my budget instructions for the managers recently, past couple of weeks, just so that they, it's high level guidance as to what they should um, request. Um, in their coming budget development process, which starts essentially now. Uh, and one of the things I said is you've got to hire more staff to get this work done. And for example, the road and trail management plan to deliver those projects, we're gonna need more people to conduct, you know, perform the permitting and environmental review work. We're gonna need more staff on the ground in terms of construction crews to get those projects out. So I'm urging, um, I'm urging that we hire at least one, if not two, new new crews uh, for our trail construction and trail general trail work. Yeah, I think my thought on it was, um, and it's something I talked to Linda months, maybe a year back. Was it's a cultural shift that you've it got is. so much years of being used to doing everything you could with no resources, whether it's duct tape and bailing wire where suddenly you have to give them the permission of you have more resources now, take advantage of those resources. Mid-Peninsula Regional Open Space District uh, within the past year or two uh, passed its own ballot measure. Um, and $300 million. Yeah. I, I worked on that. <laughs> and uh, they did, after it passed, they did a report as to determine whether they were prepared and organized sufficiently to spend that amount of money and the conclusion of the report was that they were not. And so uh, the report also included uh, uh, proposals to change their business practices, to reorganize so that they can indeed deliver the projects that they, they, they said they would in the, in the campaign. 
So it's, it's again, it's a, it's a common problem, but we are working through it and very, very much aware of it. And, and I will say, just using a formula that I'll never be able to repeat, the ratio is getting better related to, to spending on it. It's still just, we want to do more. Now, I think next year, I won't be here, but if, if the ratio still looks bad, you ought to really hammer us. <laughs> <laughs> we will. <laughs> And we'll quote. <laughs> I think she's got it. The timeline, you know, a year from now. That's the legacy gift. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Yeah, you're doing well. Uh, I, I know you are. And I, I really think it's a cultural thing that's got to shift it through. And, and I'm aware of the, uh, you know, of all the steps that are necessary in that to make sure that when you do it, you do it right. Right. Because um, you don't want misspent funds because you get excited on it. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, but I do think we know that this is going to, you know, we're going to be at a renewal in years to come. And it's not that far away. You know, we have really? to have the track record there yeah. in order to do it to make sure that the parks continue to improve. So, okay. um, But that has very little to do with you on that philosophical that, that That's why <laughs> he couldn't answer. But, but I appreciate your patience on standing no, we, we raised the, the question and uh, we were satisfied with management's response. Mm -hmm. But definitely we understand uh, any time you're raising tax money and uh, yeah. you're not spending it, there's always a concern from the sure. taxpayers where, why are we paying all this tax money if it's not being spent. And also, if I may, sorry, but a portion of that money, you saw the total there, and a portion of that money is related to the farmland preservation program and the preserve natural lands element of the parks and open space program. Right. That is mm -hmm. the money that we use for acquisitions. And that's both, you know, the purchase of ag conservation easements and land for open space is very much an opportunistic situation. Right. So um, that money is going to accumulate until we create those opportunities yeah. to spend it. Right. Acquisitions and, always like that. And, yeah. and you need to have mm -hmm. an amount built up so you have the leverage yeah. on that. Time. Exactly. So completely understand that. And there may be times where we're uh, holding some funds uh, in anticipation of matching grants. Mm -hmm. So you know, you'll put up some money as a matching grant and you're waiting to hear if you've received it or not. So coordinating both uh, revenues into one project is, is something the agency's done many other times, but it, 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 it at times can hold some expenditures up. Any other questions for our auditor? But that, just to follow up on, but that's really a, a great thing if we can accomplish that, I know we will is to use some of these funds to leverage other funds. So mm -hmm. you're, you know, outside funds. So it's a great investment for the taxpayer if you're bringing, if you're using this money to bring in additional money to actually do more acquisition or development or whatever. And we actually have hired someone to help us with uh, grants, uh, grant seeking so that we can leverage this money. I remember one of the Comments. I think it was from you, Pat, when you were sitting yes. up there that's saying, right, what are you doing to leverage this funding? So that's one of the things that, that we did, and we've actually been successful. Uh, I don't know how many we've received, but Kevin, Kevin has been um, uh, kind of leading that effort and working with the uh, grant writer who is engaging our various uh, 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 team, uh, 
chiefs of our various teams in making sure that they're doing their utmost to for their projects to to find outside sources of funding. Um, so this is an item, um, and these are being dealt with jointly, both audits together as a combined package. Is that correct, Kevin? They're done separately. They're posted together on the Measure A webpage okay. for public review. But in terms of the action of this committee, in terms of forwarding it to the Board of Supervisors, we Correct. can treat that as one action item? Correct. Um, and are we still fine in terms of quorum related to our number that are here? We are. Okay. Um, so with that, then, um, we would like to see if there's a motion related to accepting these audit reports and recommending them to the Board of Supervisors for acceptance, passing them from this committee forward to the Board of Supervisors. So moved. I'll second. Okay. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Then I will vote on no, none opposed. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next item is item number eight, presentation for fiscal year 2014-15 expenditures. I'll pull that up on the screen. And I will say that Pat and Ron took all of my talking points to introduce this <laughs> PowerPoint, which I thought was great. They hit it line by line. Uh, we put together this PowerPoint presentation every year to give some background about how Measure A programs work and how the budgeting and um, you know process of spending the money works for us, and just give a lot more detail about our projects and programs. And in this presentation, I'll actually talk about eight different planning projects that we worked on this last year that, as Ron mentioned, will really lead to a lot of expenditures in Measure A. Um, the exciting thing about those planning projects is they're really, uh, they heavily involve the Marin community. And so the nice thing about that is we have this pot of money we spent all last year rolling out these programs and getting geared up, and now we have all this planning that is fresh, brand new, and that the community's been really involved in, things like the road and trail management plan, so that we're really spending this money and aligning our expenditures closely with um, the community and where they are at. So that's great news. Um, as, as I think was mentioned, the first year we're really kind of gearing up. The second year there's a lot of planning. And in the coming years, we really expect to have a lot of expenditures. and. Um, as I know has been brought up before, uh, it's important to match those funds and um, the numbers that Ron was looking for. We hired a contractor who's an excellent grant writer who's been supporting our staff very closely. And um, for a few thousand dollars in a contract, he helped our staff bring in a $150,000 matching grant um, to support Bolinas Lagoon and the restoration there. I'll talk a little bit about that project in a bit. Uh, he also helped us write another uh, $1.4 million in grant funding that we're waiting to hear back on. So it's really nice to have the extra support, and um, I have a feeling we're going to match a lot of Measure A funds thanks to that support and our additional staff effort. So uh, last year I spent a lot of time talking about program, Measure A program development, and I'm not going to talk so much about that this year because we spent a lot of time on it last year. but. Joe, feel free, you know, anyone feel free to ask questions during this presentation if I skip over something and you feel like you want more information about it. So this is the basic purpose of the committee and it's to help us produce, you know, oversee an audit, produce an annual report and generally oversee the expenditure of Measure A funds. 
And the purpose of this presentation is, again, to provide more information beyond the annual report and audit about how we're expending Measure A funds. And here are the three programs under Measure A. And again, these have percentages attached to them. So the Parks and Open Space Program, which is the money that comes to us and that we expend, um, receives 65%. Cities and towns receives 15%, and farmland preservation receives 20%. And I'll talk about each one of these in detail in a little bit. So, uh, you know, last year I talked a lot about implementation. Um, in the coming year, we actually this year uh, provided our first matching grant to Audubon to purchase uh, marshland out of Court Madera. And it was the first time we'd done that. Um, it, it was a great purchase. It helped to put together that marsh into a contiguous parcel. And uh, so what we're going to do this coming year is um, work closely to create some guidance, both for the expenditure of um, our funding that we're going to use for land purchases, but also in cases where we provide matching funds to partners. And the other thing we're going to be developing is uh, farmland enforcement funding. Um, as you may remember, about 90% goes toward agricultural easements, and then there's 5% that goes to the Marin Resource Conservation District. There's another 5% for enforcement on existing easements, and so we're going to start working um, toward a grant program for that. The total budgeted here is related to a Department of Finance estimate we receive each year. They help us to uh, determine how much we may receive. Um, typically, the amount's been over that, which is nice, but we use that number to also calculate all of the uh, pass-through grant amounts to the cities, towns, and special districts, so we use that to estimate their amounts when they're doing their work planning. By the way, <clears throat> if I may add, that's another reason why the revenues are higher than the expenditures, because the revenues are coming in higher than anticipated. Okay. The economy. These are uh, set percentages that we pay. Um, it's basically administrative costs. They help us to uh, receive the money so at this point, I'll start talking first about the Measure A Parks and Open Space Program. As you may remember and you can see, it can be used for a wide number of types of projects and expenditures. These are all listed in the um, Measure A Expenditure Plan. This is the Natural Lands Program that is 20% of our 65%, and this is the funding that we're going to develop more guidance for in the coming year. And these are all the budgets that benefit from Measure A funding. Again, we account for Measure A separately, um, and we budget for it separately, but in fact, it really helps to enhance all of these different budgets. And we, of course, have a budget strategy that we've talked about, but essentially, every year, as Ron mentioned, we provide staff with guidance about uh, appropriate measure A expenditures so that when we kick off the budget development process, um, starting here pretty soon in, in the winter, um, staff is, has, a, has a fresh mind around how measure A funds can be spent. And I also mentioned earlier that we spent a lot of time as managers thinking about the future and project capacity and what our projects will actually cost coming out of this planning. And so we're really looking at hard dollar amounts and thinking about the total measure A funding that we'll receive over the next several years and how we'll be spending that. 
Um, Could I just add something there regarding the staff positions funded by Measure A or fixed term positions? That was actually an important item in the recent uh, uh, labor negotiations between the county and uh, the unions. And um, they're going to be changing the definition of a, a term position to limit it to no more than two years with the possibility of a one-year extension. So what we think is going to happen is that all the um, um, fixed-term positions, uh, Measure A funded fixed-term positions are going to become regular hire positions. As you can understand, we wanted to have these Measure A funded people limited term because the measure expires in 2021. So it's going to be honestly terrible if Measure A does not pass because there are a lot of people who are going to be laid off then they become if they become regular hired. What's the headcount on that approximately? About, I think around 19. I don't have the exact number, but that's in the ballpark. And that's a, a range of, of yep. professions from biologists to landscape architects to, to rangers. It runs the whole gamut of our organization. So as a quick reminder, Measure A funds are kept in a separate account. We also require all of our subrecipients to do the same, and it just makes it a lot easier to track and audit. There are two general types of expenditures, uh, and you'll see this broken out in the annual report. There are fixed expenditures, which are things like ongoing staff costs and day-to-day uh, -day operations costs. Then there are functional areas, which are more costs associated with specific projects. And so um, I'll talk about each of these and give some dollar amounts in just a second. But basically, our department focus this year was continuing to employ a lot of staff to help with our visitor services and rolling out these various projects. Um, as I mentioned, several plans, I'll, I'll talk about eight, um, that will benefit our parks and preserves. A lot of deferred maintenance, and then continuing all of our subrecipient grant programs. And here are some high-level numbers. This presentation is posted online as well, so it can really enhance uh, the public's understanding of what's going on here. Um, these two photos, the top one is actually from our inclusive access plan, which I'll talk about. And then the bottom one is from the McNears Beach master plan. So fixed costs, just a general overview, salaries and benefits. Um, if you have any questions about these, actually uh, Yvonne Subcow behind me can answer any questions you have. See some of our staff at work. Audria there at the bottom makes a beautiful gate. That's going out at McGinnis. My gates. Hmm. Then our functional areas, you can see they're very project-related road and trail management, vegetation and wildlife management, visitor services. These are really related to projects on the ground. So, you know, obviously as we hire more staff, you'll see the fixed costs go up, but also these functional areas will increase in the next several years as we do more projects. Ron mentioned staffing. And a CSA again is? County service area. Exactly. A county, you know what county service areas are? 
-hmm. Okay. And they can apply for funding through our development budget or our budget development process. So here is basically an overview of all the staff we've hired under Measure <coughs> A. We've really increased our resource team, which is really helpful because we're starting to do a lot of research and um, generally work to uh, protect the resources of our open spaces better. And I'll talk about four different research projects we're working on in just a bit. FTE means full-time equivalent. We have an integrated pest management specialist, which has really been helping one of our superintendents um, address all of the questions and changing landscape of the integrated pest management world. Our naturalist, Shannon Burke, has really increased our programming serving seniors specifically, but also children, but uh, we found in a lot of outreach that seniors, um, Marin seniors are really interested in uh, environmental walks, lectures at libraries, or within their senior housing communities, things like that. So she's been working closely with our other naturalist, David Herlocker, to provide more of that um, in places that people either have access to or, or live. And uh, Bill Cunar, a vegetation and fire ecologist, uh, has been a great asset. He works closely with um, the Marin County Fire Departments. And he's basically our man looking out um, after our fire fuels and looking at mowing and all sorts of other issues related to fire management. The bottom two are visitor services staff. They also help with things like enforcement. We have a water and irrigation specialist we hired just this last year. And you'll see him out there working uh, actually at the Marin Civic Center. I meant to, Linda used to bring to our meetings a piece of pipe that they Me, pulled out. That was mine. Oh, yeah. that was Ron's. Yeah. Um, and this is the ugliest looking thing. I mean, it was like PVC tied to metal piping of different eras. And it really gave you a picture of what kind of mess is underground out there. So he's been actively working every day to dig that stuff up um, and actually respond to an irrigation audit that occurred recently. So it's really nice to have him on board. My, my brother was the irrigation specialist for the city of uh, Merced. Tough job. <laughs> Very tough job. And here's where we jump into the exciting planning projects that I was talking about. As you may know, the road and trail management plan was approved by the board or adopted by the board. And uh, Carl Summers, leading that effort from our team, has. Um, worked with the department to hold two regional planning meetings. Um, there will be several more in the coming years. But it sounds like we plan to begin rolling out um, road and trail management plan projects from those meetings here um, within the year. So that's really exciting. That means that um, that planning is going to result in projects on the ground that we can spend money on um, that the community has really been engaged in. Our three-part master plans uh, occurred at McNears Beach, Paradise, and Stafford Lake. And these are parks that hadn't seen, you know, they've seen very little improvement since they were um, received by the department. And so it's really fun because, you know, basically the master plans are resulting in millions of dollars of potential projects. Um, but what our landscape architecture team is going to do now is sit down and look at how we can build these over time and basically pick out immediate priorities and long-term priorities. Chances are we'll build some of each master plan, um, but we won't build, Measure A can't fund the total amount of each. So um, especially in the next campaign, we'll be looking to continue to build these 
and show them as examples of what can be done. Um, they're also shining examples of engaging communities. Uh, actually, in one case for, actually in all three cases, there was a consultant that um, was hired to focus specifically on the Latino community in Marin and worked in both Novato and San Rafael to engage Latino residents and helped us to provide um, uh, workshops uh, that were bilingual and uh, so anyway we got a lot of input there. Our inclusive access plan is focused on uh, mobility in our open spaces and this is actually going to our Parks and Open Space Commission next week and then we'll be going through CEQA. One of the uh, items this will result in is a total of seven uh, trails with increased mobility. Um, basically, as a part of this planning process, they engaged the community and said, let's look at our whole trail system and where can we make improvements so that they would, be, they would allow for more mobility and let's improve these places that allow you for diverse experiences within our open spaces. And so this is basically going to be, um, in a way, attached to our road and trail management plan. It will give additional recommendations for where to provide upgrades to our road and trail system. Just before you go on on that, sure. so do we have mechanisms in place to track usage so that we can see that following these improvements, usage of the parks actually increase? Actually, yes. We just completed our first visitor survey, which Kevin was very, very much involved in. And so by periodically conducting that, we will get a sense of whether we're successful or not in terms of bringing out more people. Actually, in uh, your February meeting, because it tends to be a slightly smaller, shorter meeting, I'll bring the visitor survey results to the meeting and give a little presentation about those. But typically, our visitor studies have been sort of on a case-by-case -case basis um, due to needs of different planning projects. And we're really excited to have uh, a complete study that looks across our parks and preserves sort of at a holistic level. So. And it's also statistically valid. I mean, it was scientifically developed and carried out. So we, we can have good confidence in the numbers that we're getting. Right. Because I know at the parks, it's easier to almost do a turnstile tracking just by the nature of those. But open space. It's very different. And so there was a whole access point. Yeah, there was a whole methodology yeah. uh, associated with that so that we could get a, a good representative sample. I'd, I'd really like to see that when we get yeah. to that point. We'll have uh, preliminary data in December, January, okay. and so it'll be perfect timing for the February meeting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's also the sign plan mentioned at the bottom, and that resulted in several signs, including that kiosk at the Mill Valley bike path um, this year. But in the coming year, it's going to result in gates and entryway signage being installed at many of our trailheads um, in our open space preserves. Queens Lagoon Restoration, I mentioned the grant that came in for that. Um, this is focused on sea level rise, <coughs> road realignment, and wetland restoration out there. And uh, at this point, we're, we are studying the existing conditions, conceptual designs, and uh, moving through the CEQA process. McInnes Marsh, Marsh Restoration is in the feasibility study phase. And actually, a contract for that is going out in the near future. And actually, uh, speaking of leveraging the uh, the this this project was described to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers at a meeting with uh, that staff had um, 
uh, that was also attended by Supervisor Damon Conley. And uh, the Corps of Engineers was very, very interested in this project, so funding is likely, so there is some leveraging going on. Going to happen there as well. Earlier we discussed, uh, I think, Michael, it was you, it was staff culture. We're talking a little bit about moving from this era of starvation to, um, ha you know, having, having a lot to work with. And uh, this park furnishings designs piece, it's, it kind of came at an interesting time this morning because I was talking with Tara McIntyre, who's the one leading that process, and they're basically looking at uh, standardized designs for all these park furnishings um, for a variety of parks that we manage. And so some designs will be more rustic, other designs will be um, much nicer, like the ones shown there. And the idea is to standardize everything. And she was saying, you know, I dove into this and I was thinking, I'm just going to come up with these designs, you know, talk to other, other staff and things, but basically come up with a suite of designs and then we'll just start installing them. And I started to meet with staff and I realized that oh, we can actually do this better and, you know, our rangers are coming back to me with ideas about siting and maybe we should or shouldn't have trash cans here and that kind of stuff. And so it was a real example of suddenly we have this opportunity where, you know, we're really stepping back and doing some planning. Let's do it right this time. And so it's a perfect example of how staff culture is starting to change a little bit and people are rethinking the old way. That there really was a, what a, a, a former, uh, County Administrator referred to as a depression mentality in our department because we had been cut so much that we were just making do with what we had. You know, instead of replacing a, a, a picnic table, we'd put a piece of plywood over it, you know, and just, you know, and uh, instead of uh, nice and accessible uh, trash bins, we would just be using 55, rusty 55 gallon drums. So you can see what Measure A is enabling here. The Paradise Seawall project, uh, for any of you who have been out there recently, it's falling apart. And so we're working through design and engineering right now. And this is a perfect project example of where there are some cases where the projects are very expensive and we're actually setting aside funds um, each budget year to eventually pay for the project. And there will be more examples of that in the near future. So here are a variety of critical deferred maintenance projects that occurred this last year. Um, there were two projects that happened out at Mill Valley Path. Um, one are the safety improvements and actually a safety campaign to improve safety out there uh, related to a, a recent accident. But also, as Ron points out, that path has been uh, in neglect you know, for a long time and it's time we got more involved in the management of it. Yeah. So, um, also, we're working with the uh, Department of Public Works here at the county to uh, begin to study um, sea level rise and shoreline stability and look at the pathway repairs across the whole pathway. And they're actually looking at the bridges separately. So there's a lot of planning going on there. Um, it's a path and a lot of need. So we're excited about that. Yeah, um, when you, I'm sorry, Kevin, but when you ahead. think about it, you know, we have four major regional parks, uh, McNears, Paradise, Stafford and McInnes. But when you look at visitorship, probably our most visited park is the Mill Valley Sausalito Bike Path. And it really is, you have to think about it that way as a linear park that needs management just like, just like any other park. And it, it was sorely neglected for a number of years. And 
was only as a result of that one injury that occurred back in September of uh, 2013 or 2014, I believe, that I think it was 2013 that we really got on the stick and started coordinating with all our partners to make it a, a better and safer uh, facility for everybody. Within six months of me working here, not only were the Cascade Fountains out in front of the Civic Center not working, but there was a giant pipe floating out in the middle of the lagoon that looked pretty unsightly. And thanks to Measure A, a lot of that's been addressed. I don't know if any of you have seen that the fountains actually working, but they're pretty beautiful mm -hmm. in action. So that was a project this year. Um, also, McGinnis Park uh, received a lot of love. Um, it used to be at the skate park that you would go there on a hot day and parents would literally be hugging the restroom because that's the only shade that was out there and the kids would be playing out in the sun. But now they actually installed a new shade structure over the picnic areas and that's been a big hit. Um, also not listed on here um, was a regrading and restoration of the TAM ball field which is one of our uh, sports fields out there. Here's some more. We maintain additional dog waste stations, which is great. Uh, Ring Mountain actually received a survey looking at encroachments to help us uh, manage those encroachments better out there and protect Ring Mountain. Also, uh, the Endeavor Fire Road depicted up there. Um, it's beautiful hiking up. It's at the end of a road. Um, the Ring Mountain, we chose Ring Mountain because of its special status species. As you may have heard, there's a Tiburon Mariposa lily that lives nowhere else on the face of the earth that we know of. And um, the context of that survey is within what we call the encroachment resolution initiative, where we looked at all of our encroachments and then decided that where it was most critical to begin addressing them, and it was where we had endangered and rare and threatened and listed species. So that's why we started at Ring Mountain. And a, a survey is essentially just like a plan, really. You have to know where there's an encroachment before you can start prioritizing them to deal with them. And typically they take at least a year. In my experience, an encroachment takes at least a year to resolve. You also see up here vehicle and equipment replacement. Uh, we recently bought a water tender and we've um, purchased several vehicles uh, to really empower our visitor service and other ranger staff to do their jobs better. Um, so one more thing yeah, there. Yeah, so yeah. so we, we want to minimize the number of vehicles and equipment that we purchase with Measure A funds. But we realize that it's necessary because if you hire people, they need equipment to work with. But what we did uh, this past year is we created a vehicle replacement fund within the open space district so that we're we're paying in an amount equal to the depreciation that occurs every year in the fleet so that we can draw on that fund and minimize our use of Measure A for vehicles and equipment. But it's a legitimate expenditure, but we just want to have more money for projects on the ground rather than vehicles and equipment. You need a truck to take the tools to the exactly. site. Exactly, yeah, exactly. At the bottom there, there are several creek crossings that were improved. And there's actually a photo in our annual report that you'll see of one of those crossings. We restored 2.3 miles of illegal trails this last year. And we continue to contract with Conservation Corps North Bay to handle a lot of our um, fire fuel reduction efforts. 
this is the research I mentioned coming out of our resources team and some really exciting stuff. Um, the early detection rapid response program is basically two teams of seasonal staff that go out starting in our most sensitive habitats looking for uh, new occurrences of invasive non-native species. And so they're basically going through our open spaces looking for these instances where there could be uh, a noxious weed of some sort that gets in somewhere new and begins to spread to make sure we eliminate those places early. So they've been out there working hard. Um, more and more, our staff has been giving presentations about the Wildlife Picture Index project. It's a really exciting project. We have uh, 80 cameras on the ground, and that's a part of a larger grid, um, including cameras on uh, the Water District land. And these are capturing thousands and thousands and thousands of photos, including this one of the badger and the fox up there at the top. Um, some really compelling images, but we're learning all kinds of things about the movement of wildlife on our lands that we didn't know and, before. And this also has very practical applications because when the road and trail management plan was adopted last December, we knew uh, that we didn't have a lot of data related to wildlife. And a lot of the criticism related to that plan had to do with the fact that, well, how is visitor use affect, uh, how, how are, our resources and wildlife affected by visitor use. There's not a lot of information out there. And until we uh, began this project, um, we didn't have a lot of information. This is the last frontier in terms of closing data gaps, uh, which is going to help us make better informed land management decisions for both vegetation management and road and trail use. Um, you had mentioned that we're doing presentations related to Right. Where are those presentations taking place? Let's see. In some cases, they've been to uh, different environmental organizations in Marin. I believe it was our commission, commission last commission, received. last commission meeting. I think it was. And that touches on something I've, I've been brainstorming about ways to engage all of you more because there's such a long gap between meetings, and so I'm going to pay closer attention to when these presentations come up and actually invite you to different measure related science presentations and things. Can we, should we be doing those presentations to schools? Absolutely. I, I think it's a matter of staff capacity at this time, but one thing I did want to mention that's also related to matching Measure A funds is our larger, our, actually our largest partnership, which is OneTAM, mm -hmm. which is supported by the Golden Gate National Parks Conservancy. They are helping us to expand our capacity both for the early detection rapid response piece and also for the wildlife picture index um, to manage all the photos and everything. And they've actually hired on staff that are focused on youth, focused on adults and um, restoration education. And they're really helping us to basically get out in the community and present more about these exciting projects. So um, the nice thing is we're actually giving many more presentations than we used to about some of these great projects. But I'll definitely actually have a working group meeting next week, and I'll bring that up. Because, yeah. I mean, I think even if it's training some of the park volunteers or recruiting more volunteers related to making those presentations, if you want to build awareness related to parks and open space, increase users of parks and open space, you know, attracting kids and families related to the natural aspect of it. And I think you'd get educators who would be very open related to some of those presentations taking place. The value that we're getting from our partnership, 110 partnership, is 
is tremendous. In fact, I mean, it's so great that, um, you know, as Kevin said, they've hired some staff and they have a, a number of interns. So Open Space District, um, or actually we're looking to measure A to fund some office space for them out at the county's office building in Los Gamos. They're not, they don't spend a lot of time there, but they do need some kind of office space. But we feel that it's a, it's a very, very, it's an investment that pays itself over many times as a result of the work that all the interns and the one TAM staff are doing. And they're not just doing it for our agency, they're, they're working on you know, state uh, lands, water district lands, federal lands, but it's been a, it's, it's a terrific partnership. I noticed that they've had a kiosk or a tent out on the um, Mill Valley bike path on the weekends. All right. And it seems like they get a lot of people stopping by and they're handing out buttons and all kinds of things to try to get people engaged. Good. Very impressive. Good. Um, and then just one other thing on the wildlife index. Um, yeah. I think we had talked about it at an annual report meeting, and that was, are those images going up on the website? I don't know. I've been, I, I, I wish I, I, I couldn't make the last commission meeting, but one, one of the things I've, I've asked our resource chief of planning and res, uh, chief of uh, resources and sciences to, in this next, in this coming year is to provide a context mm -hmm. within which the wildlife picture index project rests. You know, show us, show us what it's going to be doing for us in terms of our land management, public education, public engagement. So I don't have, we don't have an answer for you yet, but it's a great idea. It's something that we've heard when we see we see these volunteers looking through these images and we all say oh we got to get this on the website so people can see that it's it's an embodiment of what that these came from the land you know this is an embodiment of what the land produces a living breathing creature so it's very exciting to people and we 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 agree they should be up on the web yeah and i i think it's a great tool in terms of our land management but i think in terms of an educational and an attractor one there's so much we can do on that as well. Yeah. So. I, I know that those cameras, that me, I know from like the mountain biking community, a lot of the bikers feel that those things are put out there to catch them. And that there's this misconception that's more to monitor the mountain bikers and less to really monitor how much wildlife is out there. That is absolutely not true. Right. Um, this is solely for research purposes. Right. Um, and they have been defaced. Yeah. We even say this is, there's a something on them. We try to hide them, but you know, if somebody sees them, we put on there that this is for a research project, and people still destroy them. The invasive species tracker application is actually managed through Calflora, but it is going to tie all of our land managers together in Marin in our sharing of information about invasive species. So it's an exciting project. Finally, these badger and red-legged frog surveys are largely related to the implementation of the RTMP and future VPMP, which is the Vegetation and Biodiversity Management Plan. I was going to report on two years of our Breathe Respira community grant program. This is the grant program that originally was championed by Linda, um, but allocates $100,000 a year of Marin County Parks Measure A funding to connect communities with limited knowledge or access of our parks and open spaces to those parks and open spaces. 
we had great success in the first year. Um, I'm actually working to gather all the final data and put together a separate presentation about this. But we connected probably close to 1,000 people who typically don't get out in our parks to parks through um, all of these different grantees. And you know, these are organizations that applied for grants. It's a competitive grant program. Um, they've been great partners to us in the past, and this funding is really empowering them to take the communities they already work closely with, um, modify their programming slightly, and lead great outdoor trips, do environmental education, all kinds of fun things. And again, in February, you know, there's time, so I could give a more in-depth presentation about the work that they've been doing. The second year, um, a few of the same grantees received funding, a couple new ones. Um, they're all doing really amazing work to connect people with our parks. Ron mentioned the visitor study, and we're really excited to use information from that study to drive new initiatives and actually um, use it to sort of advise how we make decisions here as far as these grantees and the work that they're doing to really capture the people who need our parks the most. You heard all about this audit, so I don't need to go through that. And then we discussed unspent funds and how they roll over. But essentially, you know, you saw a lot of this planning going on, and we plan to spend a lot more funding in the near future. So the City Town Special District Program, I'm going to jump through a lot of this stuff, but basically the purpose is very similar to ours and, you know, what they can spend money on. Um, there's both an open space and parks component. And here are the program recipients. There are 19 cities, towns, and special districts. Um, and they all have uh, approved grant applications to receive this funding. And uh, Joe, here's, here's a little bit of discussion about the allocation method, but I also went over that, and I'm happy to talk with you more. There's the grant agreement I mentioned. And then every year, we require both a work plan and expenditure report. And so we give them an estimate of how much funds they'll receive, and they fill out this work plan. And this is basically the first line of defense, making sure that Measure A funds are spent correctly with our subrecipients. And what I do is I go through every single uh, expenditure that they plan, which is usually in large project dollar amounts, and make sure that it complies with the ordinance and expenditure plan. And I prove that they get their first disbursement, and then before their second disbursement, they're required to fill out an expenditure report reporting on how they spent money last year. And again, this is another way for me to go through and make sure that they're on track, spending the money according to how they said they would in the work plan, but also according to the expenditure plan attached to the ordinance. It's a beautiful photo of a project that was built out at Mirror Beach. They completed, and this is actually an example of a project that they built, and they're servicing uh, debt on with Measure A funds. It's a really fantastic playground. These are just high-level numbers. And all of these numbers in this report also come straight out of the audit reports. So and you'll notice, you know, here's a list of types of expenditures. Um, these basically mirror our expenditures. You know, it's basically maintenance of parks facilities. Um, in one case, the purchase of Sky Ranch, uh, I think, uh, it was Fairfax that contributed uh, matching funds for that out of their Measure A funding. So a lot of the same expenditures. And 
This is actually a project out in uh, Bolinas at the Firehouse Community Park Agency. They manage a uh, park that's out there that is largely used by the community and did some irrigation upgrades and also some upgrades to the playground. And as with uh, all the other Measure A programs, um, any funding not spent by the City Sound Special Districts is rolled over. Um, they actually, you know, they'll receive a disbursement. Um, they may not spend all of their money, so they're actually holding Measure A funds as well. Um, so un unlike a competitive grant where basically, say for instance, with the Breathe Respira community grantees, they give funding back if they can't spend it all within the contract period. Um, but the cities are allowed to hold it. They're allowed to hold it, exactly. And part of the importance of <coughs> auditing them on an annual basis is to make sure that that's all being accounted for correctly. <coughs> you also heard about this audit by the Department of Finance. Finally, the Farmland Preservation Program is to, as I mentioned, provide uh, funding for matching grants for conservation easements and uh, provide some funding to the Marine Resource Conservation District and uh, an additional 5% potentially for uh, enforcement of easements. Here's some high level numbers. This year, there actually wasn't a purchase of a or a agricultural easement within the this accounting period. And so you won't see any high dollar amounts. The amounts you see here are actually to the Marin Resource Conservation District. Um, and that's what the matching funds apply to. They did acquire, um, Malt did apply and acquire uh, an easement that I'll talk about in just a second, but it was just right after the reporting period. This is a before and after of one of two Marin RCD projects. Um, they're both water quality projects. And they go through a similar process as the city sounds special districts. They provide a work plan, an expenditure report, and uh, they match all of their projects with at least 50% matching funds. That's another project. It's just a little bit about the agricultural easement program. And this is the Murphy Ranch that they uh, mauled acquired an easement over. It's a 412,000 grant to match uh, 825,000 dollars in funding. And actually, uh, coming up here in December, they will uh, another request for funding is going to the board from Mald, and that's for an easement over a Gallagher property. So I'll be reporting on that next year. And they expect to have uh, two or three purchases like that this coming year, so they're really uh, gearing up as far as their purchases as well. So thanks, that's the end of this presentation. Good job. Any questions on that presentation? And that's on the web. That's, there's a Measure A website. I'm kind of curious about the, the land purchase line. and the easements Everything with the mall. So when, when we give them funds for the, I'm not really quite sure I am familiar with malt, but I'm not sure how it all works. So when we purchase the easements, does that become property owned by the county? Or does the landowner just maintain the ownership but or is restricted to what they can use it for? First of all, we don't purchase the easements. We provide the money to Malt and they bundle that with other money that they use to then purchase the easements. So Malt holds the 
the the easements and, they hold and the, title to that land. the land continues to be privately owned so that it can be used for agri I mean you should talk to guy your left yeah. here <laughs> yeah Bob do you want to give up well the easements are a limited interest property right so it's a negative restriction that, that permanently encumbers the property but the fee interest subject to the easement and other encumbrances on the property remains privately owned and private ownership and can be sold, transferred, uh, transferred and inherited and so forth. Oh. So. But the use is restricted from that point on and can't be developed or cast or maintained. <laughs> all all non-equitable development rights are <coughs> removed and extinguished. I see. So the property is uh, limited to agricultural uses and uses related to and associated with that. Um, and the easements, uh, I believe all the easements also include an affirmative provision that actually requires productive agricultural use. So it's not simply a passive restriction. I see. So it can't be turned over to the open space. It needs to maintain as part of Correct. agricultural Since use. Correct. Since that's yeah. purpose in acquiring the easement. Right. You will read in the language that technically the county is allowed to use this funding to purchase agricultural easements, but there's very little likelihood of that happening. Well, I'm sure the county would want the burden of enforcing and, and uh, monitoring easements, which Malt assumes is part of its yeah. arrangement with the county. Okay. Other questions? Um, you had made a comment that that material is available on the website? Correct. So uh, chances are tomorrow or Monday um, we'll be able to upload this whole presentation. And the idea is to each year have this presentation available so you can sort of monitor changes in information over time. Um, and so last year's presentation was up as well. It should be up there, yep. So how many hits does that get? Probably six. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we are in the process of redesigning our website. and. The nice thing is, right now, we sort of have all of the measure A information captured historically in a, a big uh, sequence, you know, of information. Yeah. And I think it's going to be better organized in the near future. But, you know, we're really seeking to put all of this significant information up there. So anyone yeah. can just go to the Measure A webpage. And I understand it's got to be thorough for the due diligence on that. But um, right. But yeah. but there's just a lot of material for the general public to go through as well. So. There is. We've got to find that balance, and uh, it might be two. So, yeah, the 50 slides so that everybody can get the full information, and then five slides for the short attention span of just one to go through. Exactly. So, yeah, we have a lot of bullets that just give brief updates about mm -hmm. the audit, the annual report, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If uh, no other questions on that, the uh, the next item <coughs> is the annual report. Great. And what you're looking at is a draft annual report. This year we changed things up slightly and we actually had a larger meeting with the annual report ad hoc committee from this committee, but also a lot of our managers. And we all sat down and talked about priorities for the department and themes in the previous year and that kind of stuff. You'll notice that this draft annual report really matches last year's annual report. Last year we spent a lot of time designing and this year, you know, after creating that template for the next nine years, we just plugged into that, changed some colors and updated the content um, to reflect uh, new themes this last year. 
Um, also, one thing we'll be doing uh, this year is, in addition to this uh, English version of the annual report, we'll be having a version in Spanish that will actually reflect a lot of our um, Latino visitors that visit our parks. So that'll be a nice improvement. Uh, one recommendation that committee member Kennings had was instead of focusing the whole director's report on the director, especially given the transition, to actually introduce a couple of teams that are growing because of Measure A. So one change you'll see is the photos of one of our park staff team, our operations team, um, but you see profiles of our operations staff, which has been growing, as well as our communication staff, and why that's important. Um, there are a few numbers in here because it's a draft that haven't been updated or inserted yet, but um, one thing we threw in is uh, total matching funds awarded figure, which we felt like was, was important. Uh, what else? So the city's town special districts program is profiled this year instead of farmland preservation. Uh, the quotes have been updated to reflect um, issues of safety and progress in the department. And uh, the map on the back uh, reflects new uh, projects from this last year, but also keeps placeholders for the previous year's projects. So over time, that map will continue to be populated with projects. And I'll actually be working hard this year to make sure that all these projects on the map have project signs, um, those metal signs we fabricated showing Measure A funds being spent. So that'll be a nice way to look at the map and actually visit places on the ground. And those signs will be there at both the, the city and town projects, the open space projects, the park projects. Exactly. So it is working. I, I've had three or four cities and towns in the last year, including Mill Valley, reach out to me and say, we just completed this project. We really need a sign for that. And so we started to send them out. And I think, you know, similar to us, it's taking a little bit for the gears to turn and for people to finish projects. But now that they are, I'm starting to get more requests. So, okay. yeah. Uh, and similar to last year, we're going to work closely with the libraries. They were great last year. They distributed to all of their libraries throughout Marin, which is a really nice network. Mm -hmm. Um, we also sent mailings to uh, almost 100 partner organizations affiliated or just that work with Marin County Parks. And so basically we put together packets and cover letters and made sure that uh, folks like the Marin uh, Conservation League, you know, receive our annual report and have a chance to, to engage us around it. So um, I just wanted to thank Larry Kennings, Tamara, and uh, Michael for sitting on this ad hoc committee and working on this. Um, it's been a great communications tool. Just in this last year, I brought it to practically every presentation I've given and uh, have tried to link you know, what we're doing back to our annual report and get this into people's hands. So um, it's a great tool to have. The map on the back, the, um, the blue circles that are not encircled or white have a numeral in them, those are prior year projects? Exactly, so the ones without a number prior year. I don't know where you want to add that to the key. I mean, you can deduce that. It's, it is it's right, right there. there. Oh, is it? It's right here. It's next to the Measure A logo. It's just to yeah. the right of it. Oh, I see. It's right. just on a blue C. Maybe blue move it up, it has up the, to where it, the yeah. number yeah. items yeah. are. Yeah. It has the white circle on it, which confused me. Yeah. yeah. 
I think there's a white circle there is a white in circle. there. Here's yeah. everybody's yeah. looking though. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's really okay. hard to see. Yeah. That's a good. Well, it fooled me. It's a good point. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe give it a green circle or a brown circle. Yeah. And maybe you can do the same thing with looking ahead, the 2015, 2016 show or those. Those projects are going to maybe give them a different color or something. Oh, show them on the map? Yeah. Yeah, we'll experiment with both um, and see see how it looks. It's great. It looks great, though. It oh, does. Thanks. It looks great. Love the cover photo. And so you distribute them at libraries, presentations? Through all of our partners. Okay. Um, so, for instance, last year we sent out our mailing, and I heard back from several directors and executives of different organizations that they actually brought it to their uh, board meeting and included that in their report. So it's a nice network. Also, um, all the cities, towns, and special districts um, all received them. So sort of use our measure aid network as well. Awesome. You know, I'll say as a newcomer, I had no idea that things were this extensive. If there was this much going on, I'd say for an outsider, I just thought, oh yeah, there's yeah. some rangers or some people that keep things, you know, fix the benches and maybe kind of fix the erosion here and there. But I had a, no idea that there was this many programs and that so many parts of the community were involved. And I think this is really impressive. I mean, for someone who I thought I was pretty aware of what was going on, to not know that there was this much kind of shows that, you know, if only we could get the word out to more people, Right. To show them this, then I think we get a lot more people engaged and using and participating, and I think this is great. I'd agree. Because yeah. I, I mean, I think one of the things that people don't realize is there's money, measuring money, in every part of the county. Mm -hmm. They just don't know it. Yeah. I know that was one of the things I was hoping to have an impact in putting all these things in, and they're already there. They're already happening. So. I'm Quick work, excited. Joe. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You can retire now. Yeah, 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 no. But that's exciting to see that, you know, that a lot of these things I thought were visions are actually really reality. Exciting. Yeah. Any other questions, comments on the annual report? No? That is just an informational item, so we will move on to item number 10, presentation on fiscal year 2015-16, Measure A budget. Thank you. Um, this is going to be a very high-level presentation. Uh, I'm not going to go into the same amount of detail that Kevin went into the 1415 budget, but just to let you know that we went, um, we gave a presentation to the Parks and Open Space Commission last March that um, described our proposed expenditures for um, all three of our major budgets: uh, Parks, Open Space, and Measure A. Uh, again, this past March. There's also a, um, a letter, a board letter, a staff report to the uh, Board of Supervisors uh, at its uh, May, April 18th, 2015 meeting. During the budget hearings, we gave a presentation regarding these expenditures, so you can find that letter on the web as well. But I just wanted to give you a, a sense of the proportion of monies uh, and how it's divided up between um, Measure A and the open space, just focusing on the open space district for now. Um, 
So it gives you a sense of where the money is going uh, in terms of uh, vegetation management. Sorry. Um, $318,000 of Measure A money compared to $690,000 for the open space district for a total of $1,008,000. Road and trail management projects, um, $340,000 from the uh, Measure A and $530,000 from the open space district. We expect these numbers for Measure A to go up as we start delivering uh, the projects from the road and trail management plan. Um, Wetland protection and restoration, $350,000 from Measure A. That's the Bolinas Lagoon project. Um, open space facility and infrastructure management, $80,000 from Measure A and $130,000 from the open space district. Uh, visitor services and community engagement, $600,000 from Measure A, $290,000 from the open space district. And that uh, figure includes um, the, uh, the rangers that you saw uh, in Kevin's presentation. Now here's a big change from 15-16 uh, where I noticed that in 14-15 uh, there was for parks, landscape, and CSA facility and infrastructure management there was like $800,000 plus or minus in uh, fiscal year 14-15. Uh, in 15 and 16 that amount is $4,780,000. And that's related to the, um, the, the, the item in the uh, Parks and Open Space Program where it says uh, maintain, renovate, maintain, renovate, and rehabilitate uh, facilities in county parks. County parks were devastated by multiple years of, of, of uh, budget cuts. Um, and we have some major facilities, capital facilities in those parks, uh, fishing piers, seawalls, uh, whatnot, um, not to mention the infrastructure, the deteriorating infrastructure that went in when the parks were first opened in the 1970s and have been patched up uh, ever since. So what we did in 1516, I'm sorry, 1415, is we, we knew we had these big capital projects, but we allocated uh, um, say, for example, $500,000 for a $2.5 million project. So, and we would accumulate that over several years until we got to the $2.5 million. Well, we realized, and part of my, our budget instructions for last year was, uh, for the current fiscal year, was that, you know, we really got to start delivering these projects. We can't just give $500,000 for four years. You know, so that's what we have big chunks of money uh, in this segment, the parks, landscape, and CSA facility and infrastructure management so that we can deliver those projects and get them out and, 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 and uh, do other ones. So, and I'm just talking about the, the, um, uh, the, the infrastructure improvement, but the McNears Beach peer, um, uh, uh, peer repairs and things like that. That, and that this amount, though, also includes those projects that are emerging from uh, the parks master plans that the board will be considering in, in January. So um, I just wanted to give you a sense of that proportion of, of, of uh, how the expenditures are, are being spent among the various programs within our department. Um, 
And that's really the, all, all the detail that I had intended. Um, if you want, um, if you want to get um, additional information, I can uh, send you uh, the links to the presentation that I gave to the commission last March, and to this uh, to this uh, board letter. Other questions? Um, and, and I understand that we are not a body that, that sets or approves budget. We, right. We are an oversight. Right. Um, but I'm sorry. Um, but in terms of projected revenue for this next fiscal cycle, um, let's see. You mean the current uh, 15, uh, 16, 16? The current? For the current. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, we had to balance the budget. So, yeah, actually it's six for the, we'll have to, total, total, okay. For all three programs. For all three programs. And projected expenditures? I have here for, uh, for the parks and open space program, $6.4 million. And cities and towns, do you have that broken down as well? Mm. So I'll tell you, yeah. you're, you're already yeah. better than the ratio. So yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have that number. That's all. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. You've already beat the 0.58. Okay. So um, just to, uh, Joe, for your benefit, um, we, have, uh, we have a very transparent and inclusive uh, and collaborative development process within the department uh, that goes for Measure A budget as well as open space and parks. Uh, we have a spreadsheet that is literally this long and the type is very small where project managers have to get together to define what a project is, what the expenditures are, and exactly what's for labor, what's for equipment, what's for materials, what's for rentals. Uh, and then you have to define it by what type of project it is. For example, as I was saying, vegetation management, road and trail management, park, landscape, infrastructure maintenance. And then you have to uh, evaluate it in terms of a set of, I believe it's around 12 criteria for Measure A projects. You know, Does it address uh, a, 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 a issue related to health and safety? Uh, is it mandated by law? Uh, is there grant funding available? And the more check marks you can make, the higher score that project gets. So um, once that's all done, we, 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 those, all those projects can be ranked. Uh, and, and as a group, the managers get together and review the outcome of that, of that method and make changes that they feel are necessary for various reasons. And, that's essentially how the budget is developed. It takes, um, again, there's a lot of front-end work in terms of the, the managers uh, developing their projects. And then uh, the easy part is then entering it into the, the system. And, and, um, and then we have at least two, if not three, five-hour meetings at which project managers have to present the project, uh, describe it, uh, and then um, go on from there. So that's 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 how we do it. It's a uh, again, it's a it's kind of a somewhat tedious project, but I think it results in a better outcome because you know ex 
exactly what it's going to cost, what it's going to do, and which teams are going to be involved. That makes sense. Is there any um, a waiting based on sometimes if you do preventative things, you can save having to spend three times the amount of money later because it didn't get deferred? Yeah, I believe there is a criteria like that. I, it's not ex worded exactly like yeah. that, but I can't remember the wording right now. Results in efficiencies or savings, I think that's the criteria, and something like that, yeah. We, we took our criteria from, uh, well, we, uh, from a number of sources, principally Department of Public Works, and then we added some of our own or modified some of those to, to make them fit for, for the type of work that we do. In, in addition to um, trying to get, like, matching grants, is there also any... Um, efforts to try to get uh, corporate and private sponsorships, like the the bike park. I know you got a lot of people from, um, you know, like Mike's Bikes and um, Julia Village and all those people. Seems like that's been a great model that you could do that with other things where um, you can say, hey, we've got so much money to set aside and try to go out and get, uh, you know, corporate or even family trusts and things like that too. Yeah, there's a difference between corporate sponsorships and family trusts and those sponsorships come with strings and you know in terms of um, naming rights sometimes or exclusive use for a period of a number of days during a year. Um, so that's rather a sensitive subject. It worked really well for the bike park uh -huh. and I think for the right facility um, it's a good way to go. But I don't think it's, uh, it works across the board for everything. So, but uh, we do, in, now that we have policies related to sponsorships because of our work at the bike park, we can apply those to other facilities when we think it would be a good idea. Great. It's a balance. Yeah. Any Joe, other our, questions? I was just going to say our, uh, the grant writer we're contracting with is helping us to put together a foundation binder. Mm -hmm. um, he has a lot of relationships with foundations across the United States. and. So based on his knowledge, he's basically helping to define a few foundations we should develop a relationship with, specifically around things like uh, park master plan projects and things like that. So that could be another step in that direction. Can I, can I just say one more thing? <laughs> uh, so our superintendents who are in charge of operations got a lot smarter this past budget development process. And uh, in order for their projects to rank higher, uh, they started, and this makes perfect sense, is lumping them together, assembling them, and, and, and uh, a number of them covering multiple parks and calling them initiatives, for example. And they all scored very, very highly f for this reason. And it's, again, it's a very legitimate way to go. It's also another reason why so much money went to the parks this, this current year. For example, there are multiple ones. I'm looking at this list right now. A water conservation and management initiative. That means improvements to the irrigation and water distribution systems at multiple parks. A turf renovation initiative. Uh, renovating ball fields and lawns at multiple parks, a site furnishing improvement initiative, a building and bathroom repair initiative, a fence repair initiative, a paving repair initiative, playground surfacing safety initiative, parking lot restriping initiative. So you, you can see uh, there was a lot of deferred maintenance. And by, by assembling them in these ways, they, they ranked much higher than they would as separate projects. So I just wanted to. 
And, and is that something that can be emailed to this committee? That I could send this to you. I could that, send that you a great, link to the letter. A group of people yeah. Who, you know, are beating the drums for parks. Yeah. I, we'd be happy to do more. Of we it. appreciate that. And I think this will, yeah, this, this will help you a lot. And uh, I won't be here, but I'm, I'm kind of as a, a, just saying to Kevin, like, when the next budget uh, hearings occur, and I think they're going to be in March this year, we'll be, Somebody's going to be preparing a Measure A budget staff report, and we will remember to invite all of you to that so that you can hear how we propose to uh, divvy up the money. In, uh, we're actually developing a two-year budget. Uh, the county is now on a two-year budget system, so we're developing, we're looking two years down the road now, so we're developing a budget for 16, 17, and 17, 18. Well, thank you. Do we have projects that are uh, available for like <coughs> Boy Scouts or Rotary Clubs or things like that where they can um, potentially, you know, pony up and say, hey, we want to take the restoration of this bathroom on as a Rotary Club or maybe the, some Boy Scout wants to do an Eagle Scout thing or a troop wants to do something. There are a number of those that we do, mostly related to vegetation management. Um, there was one recently where uh, it was somewhat controversial, but it was a uh, it was a good project to install what what uh, what are referred to as bicycle uh, first aid boxes in some of the open space preserves uh, where you know you could put tubes and whatnot. Uh, so that was an Eagle Scout project, and we have a number of Eagle Scout projects uh, uh, every year. Uh, but again, it, they involve more of the land stewardship kind of thing. And that works through. The the volunteer coordinator yeah. are already in place. Yeah. There, there's a mechanism for that. So. Right, but I know a lot of times like Lions Club or Rotary Club will want to take on a special thing like renovate a bathroom or put playground equipment on and they'll they'll say, hey, we'll be glad to raise money for the next year to put swings and stuff like that. A lot of that's already happened. It's yeah. happened at Castro Park, at, at, at Candy's Park, I believe, uh, over the past you know, several years, uh, the bike park, for example, a lot of the uh, kids learn to ride course. Have you seen that yet, the Stafford Lake Bike Park? No, I haven't. Yeah, you ought to go out. It's yeah, great I've just to heard. watch, even I've if you don't ride. People getting hurt. Well, <laughs> they're learning their limits. Right. But uh, a lot of that kids learn to ride uh, 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 part down below was done by volunteers. So. Uh, and I believe more often than not, it's middle-aged men who are getting hurt at the bike. Right. No, it's right. true. You're saying that jokingly, I, I but it's no, like four, 40s and 50s. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. you're getting kids too, right. but yeah, right. yeah, they can't get the air they used to get. Yeah. <laughs> um, if no other questions on this part, um, at the beginning of the meeting, I thank you for your service, and I'd like to thank you for your passion. Oh, well. thank you. So, thank you very much. Um, you have meant a great deal to this project, to these parks, uh, and it shows just in thank terms you. of your presentation. So thank you. You will be missed. Thank here, you. Here. Yeah. Um, item 11, next meeting. Kevin, is that something you'll be calendaring out? I will be. Okay. So you can already put on your calendars February 11th from 2 to 4 p.m. Chances are it won't go till 4. But. And last year on the agenda we had uh, the final Measure A annual report. We discussed the selection of the new auditor and what else? Um, an update on the next year's budget development process. We'll be sort of in the middle of it. And then there's an, 
option. I think last meeting was something like 45 minutes, maybe even shorter. Uh, we could add a couple of presentations that are measure A related. So for instance, I could bring in someone to talk about WPI. Um, I could give a presentation for 15 minutes about the community grant program and what the different grantees are doing and the results. Uh, I also mentioned the visitor study. I'd be happy to give a presentation about the outcomes of that study. So I don't know if any of those sound, sound interesting, but we could add those to the agenda. Yeah, okay, great. Um, the other thing I'd love the opportunity is we did it in the first year of this where we actually did some site visits. Right. Um, and I know that it might not always be conducive to a quorum, <coughs> but if there's a chance that we could arrange for some site visits as well, I think that'd be, I'll organize that'd be that. wonderful. So. It's a good idea. Yeah. And even if there's site visits that we are all obligated to bring a friend or two who's another community leader, that might be a good way to spread the word. That's great. So. Anything else? Um, something Joe said kind of makes me think like if, if you, Joe, who feel that you've kind of kept tabs on what's going on with the department and are uh, pleasantly surprised at the scope of work, um, we got to figure out ways to get the word out better. I agree. And uh, it, it worries me actually uh, because it's not that far away. You know, we're already close to 2016, and this thing is expiring in 2021. Um, we got to do, we have to do a better job. I mean, we have a great communications team, but we have to, th we, we, we need to think about that. Well, I think that most of what I know is what I've read in the IJ. And, and, I, and I think that maybe there's that's other opportunities. Yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It is, but I mean, that's the only outlet or my only contact really yeah. with this is being an outsider. And while I'll say I'm not much of a Facebook person or things like that, but I think that there probably are other ways to outreach and to yeah. engage with people. We do things people like we that. We do yeah. Facebook, yeah. we do Twitter, yeah. we do all of those yeah. social media. Right, yeah. right. And I think that the, what one Tam has been doing out on the, on the bike path, I found that to be really informative. And, um, you know, maybe we can collaborate with them to help get the word out a little bit more at other venues. But um, I don't know. I, I'm, like I said, I, I am very pleasantly surprised to hear all the things are going on. And I, like I said, I thought I was pretty aware. I mean, I talked to my friends who know zero, and I feel like I know this much, and there's that much more that I don't know <laughs> yeah. that I didn't realize. So I don't think it's a, ref a bad reflection, but I certainly think it shines light on um, the areas that we could in there, there's a visibility gap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's got to be targeted to you know, key audiences that we're looking at doing that and reaching them in. I mean, I, I look at this piece, um, which is a great annual report. Uh, it's got a tremendous amount of detail. You know, if it can be shrunk down to the higher points. And, you know, we have hundreds, if not thousands, of marine kids who are going to Walker Creek for outdoor ed. If there was a piece that they were bringing home when they're most jazzed about the environment, um, that they could then show it to their parents. Um, I think that would be you know, a very beneficial marketing tool for us. Um, yeah, and anticipating the, uh, 